Hi everyone and welcome. So this is my podcast. Um, It was started completely on a whim and so I'm just going to literally go with the flow and carry on that way. So I'm going to just sort of jump in and hopefully you will enjoy the journey and you'll be able to take something away from this. Why I wanted to do this podcast is because I feel that there is a bit of a pervasive image of special needs parents. So when you look at television shows, movies, all of those sorts of things, special needs parents are portrayed as being perfect figures. And the reality is we are not. Now, don't get me wrong. We have to find a different level of patience on different days. But the reality is we still have our own problems. We still struggle. We still find things hard. And I just wanted to communicate that to other people who sort of felt the same way as me, because I kind of feel like a lot of the time that our struggles as parents, especially as special needs parents, are kind of brushed under the carpet because nobody wants to admit that this is the hardest, hardest thing that's ever, ever happened to them. Having these amazing charities and groups and associations available is wonderful. And if you are a special needs parent, I wholeheartedly encourage you to go out and look for your tribe because those people will take you in, they will encourage you, they will support you, they will provide advice. The difficulty is this, the system is not designed and not funded to support all of the children all of the time. So trying to get care, support, help, you are more likely to find that through a charity, through a group, through an association than you would necessarily get through the local authority or your local NHS trust, etc, etc. And that's just a fact. But even with all of these groups and associations and charities in place, special needs parents are lonely. Yes, you find people who are going through the same or even similar things. I think the thing that I have struggled with the most is the fact that whilst I was going through all of those things, I still didn't feel like I fit in. I still struggled to relate to other people because we found ourselves in an, a very odd situation. I was coming at this thing from a place of anger, a bitterness, guilt, um, a lack of understanding. And I 100%, 100% did not accept that there was no reason for my daughter to be the way that she was. And I think that I found that whole concept very, very difficult to understand when I kind of got into the groups and I would express these feelings of bitterness, of anger, of confusion. And people would say things like, only special people get given special children. And all I kept thinking to myself was, what had I ever done to anybody to cause this thing, you know? So yeah, I was bitter. I was angry. I was furious with it. And for people to come and start telling me that I should be glad, I should be grateful, I wanted to punch them in the face because I am not an idiot. I am not, I am not blind. 
to the struggles and problems of others. At no point did I think to myself that I was the worst off, that we had the most problems, because the reality is there is always somebody worse off than you. But for people to say that to me, as if that was supposed to make me feel better, I wanted to strangle them. And that really was the point in which I was done with humans. And then I further isolated myself because I could not cope with people telling me that I should be grateful, that I should be happy that it isn't worse than this. And all I wanted to say to those people were, well, hang on a second, I'll swap you. You take my child, who I've got absolutely no clue what is going to happen with her future. All I wanted to say to them was fuck off or my other favourite, fuck you. Because quite honestly, I felt like I'd won the world's worst lottery. And that is how I described it to people. We had won the world's worst lottery. I can look back on that time and really understand that in a lot of ways, my ego was at play because I couldn't accept that I had done everything right and it hadn't gone my way. I just couldn't accept that. But then in another way, I was grieving and nobody could understand that. Nobody could understand that I was just trying my best to figure out all of these new and different feelings that I was having, things that I hadn't expected. Because like I said, I'd done everything right. I'd followed all of the rules to the letter. And this is what happened. And so for me, there was so much to deal with, so much to to get through, so many things to unpick. And one of the things that I genuinely, genuinely feel should happen is that if your child has a special needs diagnosis, the next thing that should happen is you should be offered some sort of counselling or therapy immediately after that happening. Because the reality is when you're trying to sift through all of those feelings, you're trying to do that whilst trying to care for your child and continue the fight that is required to get them care, support and acknowledgement. So you've got all of these things going on. Then I added to that the fact that my husband was away quite a lot and I was still working full time. And it really was the perfect storm. One thing that I look back on from where I am now is that I can see how close I was to having a complete breakdown. Complete breakdown. Because that level of relentless work, nobody can keep that up. It isn't sustainable. It really, really isn't sustainable. And one of the things that absolutely fundamentally suffered for me during that whole process was my health. Mental, physical, emotional. My health was completely put to the side. If you go onto the Carers Charity uh, website, you can actually look at the studies that have been done on this. And the way in which people who have caring responsibilities neglect their own health in order to manage all of the things that are required for the person that they are caring for. There isn't as much support out there as most people perceive there to be. And 
where there is support, there are so many hurdles that you need to get through in order to get it. We are eight and a half years into parenting and seven and a half years into being special needs parents. And quite honestly, I don't see any difference. The only thing that has changed is the frequency of the fighting. The fights now have gone down to maybe two or three a year, whereas when we were in the process of being diagnosed, it was pretty much every week. And so there was a lot to process and there was a lot to do. It was very busy. And actually, I don't remember most of that time because I didn't have a life. I didn't I didn't have anything. All I had were these folders and files and telephone calls and emails and chasing people. That was what my mind was was filled with. And examples of where I neglected my health was I didn't have any checkups for anything. Um, I think I went almost two and a half years before I went to have my eyes tested. Um, I missed my smear test, which is just nonsensical because the reality is that thing is there to protect my health and I put it off because I was trying to deal with Melody's cardiac specialist. So those are the sorts of things that happen regularly for special needs parents. I think that there is a really pervasive image of special needs parents as people who can do no wrong and have no problems. And I just want to get away from that. I want I want to move away entirely from that because it is tough. It is really, really hard. I don't think anybody acknowledges the way that that pervasive imagery affects how people feel about their own parenting. Because when you're constantly bombarded with images of parents who are, you know, all hearts and flowers and skipping through meadows, you then add more guilt and more shame onto yourself with all of the external pressures that you already have because you perceive that you are not doing it right. That all of those people who have gone away and found acceptance and will say things like, oh, there's nothing I would change about them. You feel that you're on the outside looking in. And for me, I genuinely perceived myself as a bitter old crone in the corner, um, watching all of the other parents make memories and do crafts with glitter, which is the fucking worst, just so that you're aware, and making it happen, um, enjoying every moment. And I wasn't. I absolutely was not enjoying every moment. That is not to say that there weren't moments I enjoyed. Of course there were. This is my kid. I love her. She's a fucking asshole but I still love her. And again, when I say things like that, people take that so, so badly. If I refer to my child, my child, who I went through a day and a half's worth of labour and an episiotomy to deal with, I called her an arsehole and other people look at me like I'm a complete monster. Now, for me, I don't feel that I need to qualify that statement. I know I love my child. I don't have to explain that to anybody. I don't have to prove that to anybody. I know that she is the love of my life. She is the centre of everything that I do. And all of my plans are based on her happiness. But if I want to call my kid an asshole, 
then I'm going to fucking do it. And whether she has special needs or not, it's not relevant. And I think that that judgment factor is just really aggravating to me. I can't understand why other people can't accept that I am going to talk shit about my kid and still love them. And people say it more to me because my daughter has special needs, as if I'm supposed to just swallow all of her bullshittery and not get mad. I am a human being. I am just one human being. I am doing the very, very best that I can. Sometimes my best is good enough. Sometimes it isn't. But you know what? When she smacks me in the face and I swallow that down and I tell her that I love her and no matter what happens, I will always be there for her. Those are the days when I'm at my best. There are days when I am not at my best. I try my very hardest not to shout at my child because I know that raised voices, i.e. loud sounds, are very distressing to her. So I try my best to be very calm and considered. But some days I lose my ever loving shit. And on those days, I feel worse, not just because I've lost my shit with her, because I feel bad. You know, every parent, when they lose their shit with their kid, feels bad that they lost their shit with their kid. Jesus, of course they do. But when I do that, people look at me like I'm a monster, like I should be better than the other parents, like I should be able to cope with more, to deal with more, to handle more. And you know what? I can't. I can't. I am just one person literally doing the best that I can. So I just want to leave all of you with that message that just because everybody else is telling you that they're doing great and everything is fine, don't fucking believe them. We are all struggling out here. We are all trying our hardest. We have all suffered. And I'm going to use that word. I'm going to use suffered through lockdown and having these children at home, which was the fucking worst. The thing that I want to leave you all with, especially if you're still here and you've got through my ranting and my swearing and all of those sorts of things, is that you are the best thing that ever happened to your child. And no matter how much you beat yourself up, you are still doing your best. Yes, there are some days you could do better, but on some days when you've slept and everything's okay and you haven't had to physically wrestle them into the car or ended up in a complete Mexican standoff over the type of yogurts that have been bought that week, on those days when you're good and they're good, it's great, you know? But if today is a shitty day, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, I tried. I tried today and tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to try again. As an end to my rant and a close to the podcast, I just want to send you all love because a lot of the time, we pour so much love into our children 
that we often don't have enough love for ourselves and we don't look after ourselves in the way that we should and we don't place value on how hard we are working to give these children the very, very best of ourselves and the very, very best in life that we can offer them. So lots of love to all of you. Hopefully you will be back for episode two.